Welcome to Talk Therapy CBT, a conversation about educating, helping, and connecting individuals to the world of psychology. This podcast is supported and produced by Inner Balance Psychology Center. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Dr. Alba Raffaella. She's a clinical psychologist and author of Breaking the Mirror, a story and guide on how to recognize and deal with narcissists. You can find her book on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Raffa, and join with me as my co-host, Mr. Anthony Dana. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, but not as good as Will Hunting. <laughs> so I'm still unsure of the moniker of Goodwill Hunting as to why he's good, but that's up for debate. Yeah, I guess because- We don't I, have a theory. I, it's just, they, it sounds clever and I think they wanted to come up with a catchy title, Ben and Matt, so- Right. So we're continuing our movie series today, our third installment of CBT at the Movies, and we are doing Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting, directed by Gus Van Zant, the iconic Robin Williams. You know, we all miss him. This is what scored him his Oscar uh, for Best Supporting Actor in mm -hmm. a great role as psychologist Dr. Sean McGuire. So but we'll get into the plot of the movie. And again, spoiler alert, if you've never seen it, I do show this uh, for my film history class. It's just a guilty pleasure. It's like, here, I love this movie. We're watching it. So That's a fun job. Yeah, it's a fun class. <laughs> Show movies and talk about it. Yes, them. exactly. So, so okay. my quote for this movie has to do with attachment disorder, which is what Will suffered from. And I don't know where this is from. It was off the internet, but it's very, uh, I think it's a good quote. My life is just one constant battle between wanting to be alone, but not wanting to be lonely. So I like to think maybe it's people who really have the attachment disorder feel that way all the time. I, think, I mean, we sometimes feel that way sometimes too. Yeah. Because it's like, it's good to be alone because you don't have idiots around you. But man, I wish there was somebody I could tolerate <laughs> to, to be around. Right. Well, a healthy attachment is a secure attachment is formed when you have a good balance in between the two, where you have independence, but you also are able to be vulnerable and be you know, somewhat dependent, I guess, so to speak, on someone else, but not in an unhealthy way. So a good balance between the two. But yeah, I guess that quote speaks to kind of feeling lonely, like kind of navigating that, going back and forth between those two feelings, right? Yeah. And, and what's your quote? So my quote is really a little bit different it's by Buddha and it's the root of attachment is suffering. So that's a little bit different with attachment. That is the root of um, Buddhism and also acceptance commitment therapy, where if we attach too much to things, even material things, then it causes suffering. If you're familiar with Buddhism, you might be familiar with that. So every, everything in moderation. It's like stoicism to a degree. Yeah. We've talked about that. You know, like not being emotional, like so, so attached to things, like riding the wave, basically. And life is suffering for sure. So it's basically uh, speaks to that. Life is mm -hmm. suffering, but just what is worthwhile to suffer for? What is worthwhile to suffer for? And what are we doing that's causing excessive suffering? There's something, so make it good. Right. Well, accepting that life is suffering is, is half the battle. <laughs> you know, a lot of people try to resist that and try to be happy and not suffer, but life is suffering. All right, so let's begin with the movie plot. Will Hunting is an orphan. He's from the Southie Projects of Boston, and he goes through several foster homes. He's physically abused by, I think, at least one, if not more, foster parents, fathers. And, you know, he's stabbed. Mm -hmm. I think there was one reference where he says that, you know, some foster parent was like putting out cigarettes on him when he was a little kid. But 
He's now a janitor at MIT, and he is apparently a genius. He and he's is, twenty. He's twenty years old. He's got photographic memory, and he's speed reader, good at math, you name it. And so he, he has some friends, and they get into some trouble. He gets into some trouble. He gets into a fight, and then when the cops break it up, he does the insane, and he strikes a cop. So he has a lot of priors, and the judge is going to throw him into jail. But MIT professor finds him, kind of takes him under his wing, talks the judge into being responsible for him as long as he sees a therapist. And this is where, after mm -hmm. a few therapists that they go through and Will gets rid of Dr. Sean McGuire, played by Robin Williams. And what is your take on his character as a psychologist? So I like that he goes through, well, Will Hunting goes through a few therapists or psychologists, and this is a favor, basically, because Robin Williams is teaching. So I assume he's licensed as a psychologist, but he's teaching and he does a favor for his MIT professor friend to take on Will. Will. So most therapists and psychologists that I watch on movies, I don't like. I don't like as far as how they're depicted. It's not really accurate. Although there are some inaccuracies and probably things that wouldn't happen. Like Robin Williams chokes Matt Damon after Matt Damon. So you didn't like under that. his skin. I didn't like it. That wouldn't most likely happen. It's pretty unethical. Well, However, so it's like he's going to understand this because he's from Southie yeah. too. And I get it. But <laughs> he on like, I don't know, was supposedly within like, what, 10 minutes of them meeting. Like Matt Damon obviously is very intelligent. He knows how to push buttons and he does that. He pushes his buttons and Robin Williams just uses his, you know, countertransference and just he, like he found the Achilles heel. He really did, and he you reveal your your colors, and you're not really supposed to do that. I know we're human. Sometimes we may want to behave in that way. However, I really do like Robin Williams though as a psychologist, so he gets a pass a little bit on that. Right. Robin Williams is in, you know, working with an involuntary client, which they're very difficult and resistant. They don't want therapy. It's court ordered. He does a very good job joining with him. So coming down to his level, not identifying as doctor, even though he has that title and calling himself Sean. Sean. Yeah. Right. So he's trying to identify with Matt Damon and he tells him about his pat, like his wife passing mm -hmm. away and the struggle with that. And he uses use of self as a technique, obviously, throughout the whole session. And he gets Will to trust him. He gets him to trust him because Will clearly has trust issues with his attachment disorder. Towards the end of the movie, he obviously lets him off the hook and says, it's not your fault. It's not your fault because underneath all the defense mechanisms, Matt Damon is, you know, perhaps blaming himself for the abuse. Well, you think, yeah, I must have been a bad person. I must have been a must bad have kid. Been bad, right. He'd probably probably had a negative core belief of I am bad or what's wrong with me because that's painful, right? For a kid to just be, did they say how, why he was in the foster care system? He was taken away from his I family. mean, his parents just didn't want him they for didn't whatever want reason. Him. Yeah. They abandoned him. Right. So he clearly had abandonment issues. So obviously he had an avoidant attachment style or dismissive. So there's four, by the way, four attachment styles. Do you want me to talk about? Okay. Yes. Yeah, so these are styles. They're not necessarily disorders because we all have this through right. childhood. Right. So it, our attachment styles are developed in childhood, like most things, just like our beliefs, you know, about ourselves, others in the world. So a secure attachment is feeling secure when a child develops this. Like I mentioned earlier, they have a good interpersonal relationship with other people. So they have an ability to comfortably express emotions. They can also let their partners rely on them. They can have a relationship based on honesty and tolerance. They can have some independence as well. So they're not overly attached and anxious and fearful, and they often have a positive view of themselves and others. So that is the secure 
attachment. So the three insecure attachment styles are anxious, preoccupied, avoidant, dismissive, and disorganized, fearful, avoidant. So I think Matt Damon had the dismissive type. This person sees himself or herself as a lone wolf, strong, independent, self-sufficient, more so on an emotional level. The one thing I didn't think was that he had a high self-esteem, so I didn't really think he did. Will Hunting. Will Hunting. No, yeah, yeah. he definitely did. He, he overcompensated with his, you know, again, he's very machismo. smart. So, oh, yeah. his intelligence? Yeah. yeah. Right. And he would push people away often like, I'm going to hurt you before you hurt me. Maybe he was intimidating, you know, with his intellect. And he, he did that with Robin Williams, like within five minutes. Like he just insulted him and he was accurate in his perception well, of well, Robin Williams from the art, right? He looks at his art. Yeah. So I noticed that, you know, he starts off with you know, let's let the healing begin. So right there, he's kind of just mocking mm -hmm. why we're even here. Like, this is yeah. a joke, you know? Right. And then while Sean's trying to just engage with him, like where are you from in Southie or whatever, he's like, you know, you get all these books or he's talking about the books and, and stuff. And then he's talking about the, he's just, he's not answering the questions. He's not even making Boy. eye contact. He's just mm -hmm. looking around and asking questions and then trying to just, you know, use his intellect where, you know, to try to make Sean not feel, you know, and Sean's just fine. And Sean's fine with it. He's just like everything he says, he kind of like goes with it, you know, and, and I like the one thing that Will says, he's like, um, I think you're one step away from, you know, cutting your ear off and, you know, when Sean goes, you know, I moved to the south of France and, and renamed myself Vincent. Like, I get it. Vincent Van Gogh. Mm -hmm. Very clever. Mm -hmm. And I'll just, you know, it's kind of like a tennis match, you know, and it's right. just like, yeah. And then he finally finds it with the painting and then brings up his wife. Doesn't know that, you know, that she passed away, but she, you know, she left. Well, it's interesting because how did he know this about Sean from a painting, right? It's supposedly from the painting. Yeah, I mean, again, he's fishing, but when he gets a nibble and he's very just, specific about your wife. Yeah, like maybe, well, he says, maybe you married the wrong woman. Yeah. That's just a guess. So, for, I mean, you, you know, I just, maybe you, uh, you know, think of something horrible that could happen to anybody. Well, a guy, maybe you married the wrong woman. And it's like a sore subject. And he immediately, he's like, ooh, Peter, you know, like, uh, you know, maybe you should wash your mouth. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay on this. Yeah, you know? he realized. Yeah. yeah, well, that's the thing. Like he showed his colors. Sean mm -hmm. showed his colors because it was very revealing. You know, it was hard for him to obviously bite his tongue about his wife. Yeah, I mean, he could have been you know? dismissive about it, just change the subject. Mm -hmm. But he was like, whoa, yeah. hey, that hands off, you know, and that's. You know. He was trying to set boundaries with him, which sure. I understand. You know, we always have to do that with right. them with our jobs. So I think he had at the very least a dismissive attachment style. He generally, you know, avoided emotional closeness. He did have a group of guy friends, obviously the group. But it was still, I mean, they were friends, but they drank together. They drank together. It was yeah. like, you know, like, yeah, I mean, they were casual, good friends to have where, you know, of course they had each other's back and, and mm -hmm. there's loyalty there, which I think is what he liked about it. You know, there was people he, who cared about him for right. who he was and, and didn't they want got, anything from him. They got into the fight because it was a childhood bully of Will. Yeah. So he, they he, all he, stuck up for him. Yeah. He saw and, that as loyalty. I think know? it was a bit, I don't know, like he used to pick on me or beat me up in kindergarten. I'm like, you guys are both five. <laughs> I mean, I get it. When you're five years old, I'm sure it meant a lot, but like, Right. So that was his group, you know, and didn't really show him dating anyone except Mini Driver, obviously. Right. So these individuals do not want to depend on others. They don't want others to depend on them, seek support and approval in social bonds. They generally avoid emotional closeness. They also tend to hide or suppress their feelings when faced with a potentially emotion-dense situation. So he was fine expressing anger, which most most right. people tend to be okay with that, you know. So the other ones are disorganized, fearful, avoidant. 
these individuals, they do want intimacy and closeness, but they have a hard time trusting and depending on others. So they kind of go back and forth. They don't regulate their emotions very well. So he kind of fit that too, due to the fear of getting hurt. I just saw him as pushing people away more. um, So that's why I think it's more of a dismissive type. And then the other type is the anxious preoccupied. These are the individuals who are very clingy. They often seek approval, support, and responsiveness. They see their relationship as the one and only. They do have a strong fear of abandonment. And they could be, you know, the people who spam you and just like constantly call and just are very too attached, I guess. They don't really have a good sense of self. They have a fragile ego. They don't have a lot of independence. They may identify themselves, their identity as, you know, their partner. As what you know what I mean? Like their identity is just with their partner instead of a sense of I. It's, it's like, like well, we do this. We, we, yeah. we it's like Or they could take on the persona of the other person. Like he or she is really into this type of music or this sports or whatever. And then they take that means we like are. Chameleon, yeah. Mm-hmm. They take it on as themselves. They're desperate for love. They can be very demanding and preoccupied with their relationship. So those are the attachment styles. Now, the other thing that is possible is Will had a um, reactive attachment disorder. So that's more of the extreme of the attachment disorders. That develops when a young child and their primary caregiver doesn't happen. It's interrupted due to grossly negligent care, which probably happened with him too. So it was a constant disregard of his emotional needs for comfort, stimulation, and affection. So I want to say it it fits that really too. You know, again, pushing people away. That's diagnosed in childhood though. That's not really an adult attachment disorder. So there are six... Ego defense mechanisms. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, first, go over them. Go over the defense mechanisms? Yeah, if you, mm-hmm. if you don't mind or if you... Uh... Well, there's more than six, but we'll oh. just we'll talk about these since there will be here. We'll be here for a while talking okay. about them. So repression is an unconscious mechanism that we try to like deny, like someone would deny their emotions and repress. And it's not in your conscious awareness, like, like getting rid of these feelings, you know, a little bit different than denial. Denial is used very often. It's too much to handle. So the person just refuses to experience it. We see this with people who deny that they have substance abuse issues or it's not happening. It's not happening or they're not not depressed. So I'm not depressed. And they often think of someone with depression, maybe as someone who is laying in the bed all day and not functioning. And I'm not that person. Same thing with substance abuse with alcoholism. I'm not the person on the street, the bag, the brown right. bag. Yeah. You know? yeah, sure. Pick the one person worse than right. one you. person worse than you. Right. Projection is saying that other people feel the way that you feel. So putting your own acceptable thoughts, feelings, and motives to another person. I don't feel this way. You feel this way. Narcissists do this very, very well. Displacement is when you are angry. Often, you know, someone has an impulse of regression and you take it out on someone else. So you're frustrated by your boss or your spouse and you you go home and kick your dog. Well, let's not do that. Displace it onto something else. We don't want to kick the doggies. No, not the dog's fault. Regression is when you go back in time. Kids will often do this when they start to regress, maybe suck their thumb or have bedwetting, you know. Wow. When they go through a phase in life where there's a stressor. Sublimation is when you satisfy an impulse, often in like feelings of aggression, with a substitute object in a socially acceptable way. So putting your anger into something socially acceptable, maybe sports. So Will may have done this with the construction job. He's like hitting, breaking things and hitting things. And he's actually really mad. I think he had at the very least projection denial. 
maybe repressing his pain because it took a while for Robin Williams to get to the sadness. Underneath anger is often pain and sadness. I want to say always, but I don't want to make a cognitive distortion by saying always. Right. (laughs) And never say never. Can't say always or should. Always, nevers, and shoulds. No, no, no. Bad. Bad. (laughs) So what do you think about Matt Damon's portrayal of of Will Hunting? He did a pretty good job as far as... um, I think so. I think he was the main character. Ben Affleck didn't do too much in this movie. You know, and I know it was their film together, but I thought he did a good job of portraying someone who had been through the system and foster care and being, you know, tough, macho guy, pushing people away. I did like the ending. So Mm -hmm. he had the love interest of... um, with Minnie Driver, and he was mean, of course, pushing her away when she said, I love you. And, well, she's like, you know, come out to California with me. And he hasn't even been outside of Boston. I don't, like one day he was like life. a big fish in a small pond yeah. because he was a smart guy in the group and he held himself back with doing, you know, which is fine, like if you're doing blue collar work, but he obviously could do bigger, better things, but he was afraid to. Right be in that world. Mm-hmm. He was afraid to get close to her. And then it was really nice at the end where Robin Williams had talked about his story about his wife, mm-hmm. where he missed the, it was a World Series, right? Yeah, yeah. He missed the World Series in order to meet his this wife. girl and this happened girl. to be his wife. and Ended and, up being his wife. Yeah. And he was like, what? You missed the World Series for a, for a girl? Yeah. Yeah. But he's so, like, I don't have any regret. Yeah. He said yeah. he didn't even regret it, even though she got sick and he knew that she would die of cancer. So that was really like significant in the movie. And then there was the full circle kind of thing where Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. Went to go see about a girl. Went to go see about a girl. Went to drive coast to coast. Right. You did that, right? You drove coast to coast. <laughs> no, I did. Twice. Not to see? Oh, yeah. Cross okay. country. Yeah. In my 20s, I did that. And I went okay. out to California and then came back after nine months. But I liked when Ben Affleck said to Matt Damon, you know, like the speech that he said. Sorry. Oh, on, yeah. When they were on the truck. If you're still here, you know, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up and I'll be 15 and I'll still be doing this. But, you know, you being here will be an insult to us guys who have to be here. Right. You know, if I had your gifts. Yeah. And- he basically said, like, I come to your house every morning and I really hope you're not going to be there and answer the door because it's an insult. That's a true know. friend. That you is know, a like true that, friend. You know, it's not being unselfish. selfish. Yeah, it's not being it's unselfish, not saying, please stay because I need you. And, you know, and then obviously at the end, he yeah. takes his advice on that. I mean, if you have a small circle of friends like that, you know, kids in school, it's like you're going to have friends. You only need a few. But like you have to, huh? You only need a few. Yeah. And, and I like, mean, I have a few and, and they know who they are and I can call them up anytime and, and they'll just be there, you know, mm-hmm. help me out in a jam or that's just what you need. And that's what Ben Affleck was too. That's what uh, that character, I forget the guy's name was to Will Hunting. Yeah. We don't know how long they were friends. No. And you know what? That would have been interesting to know a little it's bit seen. about more about that. And like, were they friends since he was a little kid or was it recent? Yeah, was like it, a little backstory. Yeah. You know, like. Because they were pretty little. So it must have taken time for Will to develop trust with these guys. Right? Yeah. But they've probably been through some stuff. And when you're growing up with somebody and you're both like on the same tier, you know, there's more of a chance of connecting and he well, he didn't depend on these guys to be his parents so it was he lived different. alone yeah he lived alone right. so he had some self-sufficiency as a janitor and then that whole thing of like why was he a janitor at mit right like i like when robin yeah. wayne says that yeah that was good that was a good like out of all the schools right because you obviously right. you know like you don't want to do anything you're fine being a blue collar guy because there's honor in it and hiding yeah you could have well, why mit so you can do these problems. Behind and that was body. a thing too, right? He was solving all these advanced physics, right? Physics and math problems. Yeah. And yeah, 
like in, it wasn't algebra what no, no. oh my god no it wasn't algebra do you remember how the professor knew it was him i think he when he walked out of his classroom with his flunky <laughs> i think he stopped and then looked and realized is there somebody down there on the board working on that problem because mm -hmm. i put that up there and it's damn near impossible who's doing that and when he saw the janitor like messing with it he's just like hey what are you, you know what are you doing mm -hmm. you can't graffiti here and he just thought that he was just messing around and he realized it and then he realized oh wow it's, it's right he like, took him under his wing and yeah. i think he he often and he even said like to will about like he wasn't as smart like he could never yeah he, he says i can't game. do this and 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 again i wish will would have stayed for the ending because he said you know i wish i never met you mm -hmm. and then will left and he goes so i would have to watch you throw it all away because his attitude was you got to work hard and you got to push yourself because that's what worked for him but will's got you know, a lot of baggage and he's got to get through his, or his emotional inner yeah, demons. Yeah. His emotional state gets in the way of his intellect, obviously. And he uses intellect to overcompensate and to keep people away, like we said. Mm -hmm. The other thing, didn't he have a, a dialogue with the professor too about, I can do this in my sleep. It's so easy for me. Oh yeah. He's just like, yeah. you know, I, I wish I didn't have to come here and watch yeah. you, watch you, watch you struggle. Yeah. yeah and right. you know, basically like it's a curse or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, and he goes, um, yeah, he said, you know, uh, maybe I don't want to spend the rest of my life explaining stuff to people. And right. boy, do I feel his pain. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it shows like the character arc, obviously, with Will, you know, growing emotionally. And the and again, I think I said to you, like, I wonder how much time he spent with Robin Williams. Like, is that months? You know what I mean? Like they fast track to a, a therapeutic relationship of trust. I get the and vibe that respect. it was maybe few months yeah two months because court-ordered stuff is probably at least eight weeks eight weeks let's go eight weeks yeah so and i'm wondering if he saw him once a week that's that's some magic in like probably, yeah. eight weeks to well the first attach with this guy the per, the, well the first session he chokes him the yeah session, <laughs> right the second which session, is they unethical had a staring contest remember they didn't yeah, talk they have a staring contest right? yeah finally the third session i think they start talking and he goes into the whole joke about the the pilot and what he can really go for right about now mm -hmm. you know and right. he didn't realize his mic was on yeah. And then yeah, they, yeah. they finally start getting into, you know, just talking. and. Well, that's how you have to be with people who don't want to come in now. So we don't see court-ordered patients, you know, but we do have people who come in who are resistant to coming in and we have to pull out our tricks and be more real, but we have to maintain boundaries and not choke our patients. Sure. Yeah, I can't speak for everyone. I don't, I don't know. Like we really shouldn't, shouldn't choke no. patients. I'd say it's pretty unethical, you know? All right. Any more questions? Good, sir? No, I think, <laughs> um, what's our time at now? I'm just curious. I always like to try to go. To you like to hour. know, you want to know how long we've been blabbering yeah. on for? 27 minutes. That's good enough, people. <laughs> I think that's good it's enough a, for a Monday that's night. That's almost a half an hour. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this is going to be. We're doing late, late night podcasting. Yes. And we're, and we're going to take a break from at the movies, but we will return to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, any requests that you have that are therapeutic in mind, body or for, and or soul. Movies. Yeah, or even movie requests. I think we're going to most likely have a guest speaker next time. Yeah. So we're excited about that. And That's I do want to do want to say uh, there's a book recommendation. So I when my newsletter, I put book recommendations in my social media posts too. But there's a book that I read called Attached, The New Science of Adult Attachment and How It Can Help You Find and Keep Love by Amar Levine, MD, and Rachel Heller, MA. So really good book. Really think it explains attachment styles very well and uh, easy read. So I want to put that out there as a potential book recommendation. Okay. So I think that is it for Goodwill Hunting. No idea why he's good, whatever. 
we'll say that he's good instead of bad will hunting. You say goodwill and then will hunting. Yeah, all right, all right. You know, goodwill. I mean. Oh, I get Okay. Oh. <laughs> see? Oh, okay. So it's not that he's a good will hunting. It's goodwill. Like good hunting will. the goodwill. The will, yeah, for goodwill. We all want goodwill. We all want goodwill. I'd say so. As always, thanks for listening to our show. Catch all of our episodes and more at www.innerbalancepsychology.com or talktherapycbt.com. Email us if you have any questions, info at innerbalancepsychology.com. And remember to stop it and give yourself a chance. Mm-hmm.